MSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Wednesday, Thursday's edition of Every Man and Answer. Just checking you. No. <laughs> Thursday's Very edition good. of Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you for the next hour. We get uh, together every weekday afternoon at this time. Uh, live radio. You can call us right now, 8888-ASK-CSN. This is where we talk about uh, the Bible, some people say, well, it's got a lot of contradictions in it. No, you know, not really. When you really know the Bible, you find it doesn't have those contradictions. And uh, so that's why we like to do this. Reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand. Someone's asked you a question. Um, questions on end times, what's going on in our in our country, in the world, and what we hear in church. Is it even in the Bible at all? Well, if you got a question, again... 8888 ask CSN's the number to call, and we'd love to talk to you. Joining me today, special guest, featured CSN speaker from Hawaii, Aloha, where all things are warm and nice. Yeah. Hi, and welcome, Daryl. Daryl Skinner from Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Aloha. We are having a beautiful day. It's about 80 degrees, blue skies, a little bit of trade winds, and our our, uh, our volcano down there in the Big Island has, has kind of stopped erupting, so that's kind of nice. And it's great to be with you, Mike. Great to be on uh, with Every Man and Answer. Looking forward to the great questions that come in from all the people. It's such a blessing. As you were just talking about the introduction to the program, I was thinking about the Word of God. You say there's no contradictions in the Word of God. And what a what a blessing it is to have uh, our faith built upon facts, upon truth, upon uh, prophecy and so forth, which separates the Bible from any other religious book. It is such a great blessing as you study the Word of God. And it, as, as one writer said, it bleeds Jesus Christ, the Savior, from Genesis to Revelation. It's all about Him coming into our hearts, saving our souls, giving us eternal life, and us having a relationship with Him. And this is the gospel. This is called the good news. So, Mike, once again, it's great to be with you. You. Always a blessing to be with you. Let's go to the phones. We have Roger on the line in California. Hi, welcome. Yes, hello, Pastor Mike, Pastor Daryl. I love my brothers in Christ. Okay, so here's my question. Out, back in 1984, I was stationed aboard the USS Ranger. I went to a four-square full gospel church, lived in a boarding house to get off the, out of the shipyard there. We were in a complex overhaul. Anyway, I met this darling couple at the church, and I thought they were brother and sister. No, they were, they were boyfriend and girlfriend, but they were, you know, they were in their 60s. And, um, they are not married. They were both married once. I didn't want to pry and ask them, was it due to infidelity? Did the spouse pass away? I don't like to um, pry. <laughs> they didn't volunteer, so I don't ask. So they said, uh, we live together. And I said, um, so isn't that, wouldn't that be morally wrong? Well, we don't consummate. We don't do anything. We sleep with our pajamas on. And when we're on the couch and, and uh, you know, cuddling, we don't, we don't do anything. You know, we kiss and we hold hands and we, we snuggle. That's about it. And now, as far as pretending to causing someone to stumble or bring reproach on the body of Christ, because they'll say, "Ah, oh, they're a bunch of hypocrites," you know how people are. They're gonna they're gonna point the finger. And then also, um, but it, but mainly what I'm asking is, in God's eyes, since they're not married and they don't have any symbol on their their uh, ring finger, are they sinning continuously because they're not married, even though they didn't consummate? You know, it's like, um, but there's still intimacy. Now, could I don't know if I could do that because. 
you know, we're flesh. We could easily, once you go in there and, and open a door, it could easily become um, inflamed passion. You know, that is, but sure. I just like your perspective on that. Well, you know, it, that's, uh, you know, it, it, it is interesting. The Bible says to abstain from all appearances of evil, and that does have a bad appearance. Your thoughts, Daryl? Yeah, you know, what's important is what what is the testimony we're presenting to our neighbors, to uh, to our families and so forth? Uh, it's it's almost like kind of playing a game. You know, I've, I've come across some people, they, they'll uh, live together and say, oh, we're not doing anything, but financially it's best because I get this much money from my spouse for child support and we get this much from the state and financially. But, you know, you do set yourself up for temptation. You're going to uh, fall and and it's it's just kind of a foolish thing and i always tell them you know what you guys you need to not trust in uh, uh alimony you need not to trust in uh, state uh, provisions and welfare whatever it might be you need to trust in the lord if you're a born again christian you want to have the best testimony that you can have to present christ to others uh god says be ye holy for i am holy and it's not really presenting much of a holy holy life if uh, people think you're married but you're really not married and they find out you're not married it just doesn't give a good presentation of uh, the Christian uh, sanctity of of marriage and so forth. So, uh, you know, they're not married. Why why play the game? Why you're playing house together? It's not it's not healthy. It's not right. And uh, whether it be for financial gain or anything else, it's just not right. So that's my opinion on it. And um, Mike, I'll give it back to you. Yeah, and and I understand the concern, Roger. But uh, again, um, you know. This is um, this is why we, you know, all things are lawful, but not all things are the best for us or for the kingdom of God, you might say, because of the way people perceive things. So the best thing to do is when I see somebody like that, I just pray for him and, and, you know, offer him a way out, come stay with me or whatever it is to get out of the situation till you get it figured out. But, um, you know, uh, as far as as far as what the Bible says I, I think cohabitating under one roof uh, never really looks right to uh, anybody on the outside. So I hope that helps. Oh, very well said. I couldn't agree more. And you guys hit every angle I could think of, especially that first one you said, Mike, abstain from even the mere appearance of evil. Now, one last question, guys. Can I ask you a yes or no question? Sure. If we have a second. And that is, do you guys ever wrestle in your heart? When you see some of these people that are in positions of power um, on a certain wing of the, the government and they're just doing some wicked stuff and it's just so blatant, it's so they don't even blush no more. Do you ever wrestle in your heart like, God, what an idiot, or that lady is just a witch? Do you ever get like that? <laughs> huh. <Are> your thoughts? <laughs> hey, you know, yeah, there is a righteous anger that we're allowed to have. The Lord Jesus had a righteous anger when he chased the the religious ripoffs out of the temple as they were uh, uh, stealing from the people and saying your offering is not good enough, so you got to buy one of ours at an exorbitant price, or exchanging the money from the, the Roman coin to the uh, to the uh, temple coin and so forth, and extorting the people. And he flipped over the tables and, and made a whip, and he chased them out of there. Yeah, we get a righteous anger. It's okay, you get a righteous anger. We just can't do anything foolishly of harming anyone. But we have a righteous anger, and we can voice our opinion in our country. We have that uh, First Amendment of the freedom of speech, and we need to voice not only our opinion, but we need to be active in being salt and light, as the Lord has commanded us, and as well as you know, get involved in the whole voting process and make sure that we vote and we encourage others to vote, and vote righteously is the best thing to do. And Because otherwise, it's going to be difficult for Christians. It's getting more and more difficult for us 
as uh, the left, the socialist, the communist, uh, and the immoralist, uh, secularist, hedonist are taking over our country. So it's, but it is the last days. I'm not giving that as an excuse, but we have to stand strong and fight the good fight of faith. Mike? Yeah, we just had this act passed, the uh, Make Fun of Marriage Act, uh, that just was uh, signed into law this week. What a tragedy. I mean, uh, you, you look at this and realize how far off the track we really, really now are, not only as a nation, but we've completely lost our moral compass. We think it's okay to slaughter babies, uh, cheat in elections, and, and, and our elections are cheated, everybody. there's uh, The American news media is so... So corrupt. Um, but we, we've had people call here at CSN and say, hey, what do we do? We got nine mail-in ballots, uh, but there's only three people living in the home. We've had many people call with the same thing, just flat out uh, deceitful voting. And uh, like I say, as long as there's what's called the mail-in ballot, you're never going to have another legitimate uh, uh I think I think another legitimate election ever because, oh, uh, they're neck and neck. Uh, how many votes do you need? Oh, coming right up. And they just pull out a bunch of these mail-in ballots and, and submit them. Oh, yes, they do. Hey, you know, Carrie Lake uh, right now in Arizona filing suit against the state of Arizona on the election fraud. There's been so many whistleblowers now this time that I think they're going to have to do something. But... Um, I believe personally, if you're too busy to vote for your country and who's going to lead you, uh, you shouldn't vote at all. And uh, I believe it should be one ID, one person, one vote, no mail in, no hocus pocus, dominocus, none of that kind of junk that's going on. Um, because again, when you see that uh, people's dogs are voting, people that have been dead for 30 years are voting, no more of that. Uh, I, I think that again, this is what I believe the whole border issue is over. Import millions of people into America. Give them free, uh, free health care, free money, free everything. Uh, immediately declare them to be citizens. Now vote for me. Everything is free. Uh, friends, there is no other explanation why anybody would ever do this. I believe anybody that would allow our border. And I'm, I'm for immigration. Don't misunderstand me. But illegal immigration is another thing. Just pour across the border. Everybody, um, I believe any political party, any individual that does this is, is, uh, should be tried for treason. Uh, our, our, uh, our military uh, defended our country from invasion, but we're being invaded now. And it, it is, I believe, one of the most sad things that I've ever seen and uh, now uh, the governor of Arizona is trying to build uh, uh, some kind of a barrier using, um, uh, you know, storage units, uh, 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 you know, that they have. Uh, the federal government suing them because they don't want to put that up. What is wrong? I mean, the military should go in and seize control of Washington, D.C. today because the party that's in power is... The enemy of the United States, any party that would allow your country to be overran now into the tens of millions of people need to be stopped. Friends, you're not going to have a country anymore. Don't you understand that it doesn't matter who's dancing with the stars or or who's that voice doesn't matter. What matters is you're not going to have a country 
because your entire infrastructure of your nation is falling apart. But see, they're doing it on purpose. And as long as they got the American news media to keep lying to the American people, oh yeah, Roger, yeah, I think we get upset. I think anybody that's a, not only a Christian, but a real American gets upset. Um, but it just shows you that there's an agenda to destroy America, and they're right on target. And again, we have to be very, very much redeeming the time, as Jesus said, the days are evil. Do what you can do today for God. You might not be able to do it tomorrow. We have to keep focused, heavenly focused. If people do come across the border, I'm going to do my best to tell them about the Lord. But the point is, is that no political party should ever be doing it. This is the enemy of the United States because this is what invasion is. That's what the Second World War was to keep Japan from invading the United States. And now we have a political party that just says, come invade us, we will do nothing. They're treasonous. And should we call that? I really, please, the United States military step in, do something while we still can, while we still have a country. Just a thought. Roger, hope that helps. Pastor Mike, Pastor Daryl, thank you so very much for personally being there and over and out. Amen. Roger, stay in line if you like. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs, the movie Jesus. So good. All these things are so good for evangelism to help you, all of us, redeem the time. The days are evil. Let's go to Virgil, Olympia, Washington. Hi, welcome. How are you doing there, Pastor Mike? Good. Good, great. Um, uh, It's been a while since I have talked to you. Uh, It's been roughly about a year. I'm a longtime fan of your radio ministry, your program. I love it. And whenever I hear, I've learned so much throughout the years, 20-some years, and when I find something that's extra special and a lot, I, I order from you a couple of CDs, and I share them with friends, and I recommend them out to everybody. Anyway, um, I have a question for you regarding um, the, let's see, the, the Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, once in a while, visit, um, uh, attend a uh, Calvary Chapel Church here in uh, Olympia, but once in a while, we, we visit a Lutheran church, and like Catholic churches, they um, adhere by part of their, uh, you know, their itinerary and prayers about, about the Apostles' Creed. And I've always thought about that since I was a young man, uh, about the Apostles' Creed. That really says everything about, if you admit a person admits that, confesses that, the Apostles' Creed, that seems to me would be, if they believe it and accept it and, you know, uh, declare it, it would seem like they are truly Christian because they believe what's in the uh, Apostles' Creed, you know? And so what is the difference between that, let's say, the sinner's prayer? Because I know that God offers us salvation, but he offers a gift, but we have to accept it. Do you see my difference? Yes, uh, yes, I do. And, and and here's the thing, Virgil. The Apostles' Creed is not in the Bible, uh, you know, as a, as a, as verses and chapters, um, nor generally is the sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayers we often uh, refer to it as kind of a compilation of people who have come to Christ and the things that were necessary for them. Um, and so we, we mention um, repentance, um, because again, unless you turn from your sins, you have no need for Christ. The whole purpose of dedicating your life to Christ as a Christian, no longer I that live, Paul says, but Christ who lives within me. That, that's the idea. As far as the other things that we that we cover, really believing that the Bible is the Word of God, all those things, this is how we come to truth. 
And so I don't believe that there's maybe any one particular element. Uh, you know, I mean, the sinner's prayer is great, but you got to go beyond that. Once you're born again, your thoughts, Daryl. Well, you know, as we look to uh, the Apostles' Creed, what it says is is of, you know, basically sound doctors. might be one little area that you kind of have to deal with. It says Jesus went to hell. He actually went to Hades uh, and spoke after he died on the cross and rose from the grave. Uh, then, then he rose from the grave. So, but, uh, you know, Jesus tells us not to use vain repetitions as prayers, and we don't want to do that. And sometimes these types of repeat, repeat, repeating the Apostles' Creed, or the Our Father, or the Hail Mary, whatever it might be, we become programmed like we're machines as believers instead of uh, really being born again of the Holy Spirit. And when I use the term believers, there's make-believers and there's true believers. A true believer is going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You want to live for the Lord. You're going to read the Bible on your own. You're going to pray on your own. And it's just not going to church and doing, uh, as Jesus said in Matthew uh, 6, vain repetitions when it comes to prayer. Now, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 10, 9, and 10, he says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes in the righteousness, with the mouth confession is made to salvation. And that's why we we do that sinner's prayer. And, and the Bible says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But there has to be a proof to our salvation. In other words, uh, you just don't say a sinner's prayer. Okay, it's done. I'm good. And you keep living the same old sinful lifestyle that you want to live. The Bible says that you're to repent of your sins. You go from unbelief to belief, and then you go from that belief to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He is your master teacher. It's not a work salvation, but it is a proof of your salvation. Uh, I think it was Calvin who said, faith alone saves, but faith which is alone is not New Testament faith. And so it's important for us that even he, he knew there had to be, uh, uh, fruit, fruit from the person's life. And Jesus talks about that. Uh, we not only hear his word, but we do his word. And thus we become wise master builders who built our houses upon the rock. So when the storms come, beat against that house, the winds blow, it will not collapse. It will not fall down because we're built upon the rock. And so that sinner's prayer is the first step of salvation. As the person is sincere, they will then become a disciple of the Lord. They will bear the fruit of the Spirit. They're not perfect. We're none of us are perfect, but they'll be that life will be changing day by day. We call that sanctification by the Holy Spirit and so forth. But uh, sometimes we get caught up in just going to church and being robotic in certain areas of our life, and it's not really in a relationship. Now, remember the the gentleman named Nicodemus. Uh, he was a religious Jew who came to Jesus, and you would have thought he would head it all down on how to get to heaven. But Jesus says, no, Nicodemus, you must be born again. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. You must be born again of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who will change our lives. Mike, I'll give it back to you. Amen. So I hope that answers it for you. Oh, yes, it does. I want to say in closing, Mike, Pastor Mike, I am uh, both of you. Um, I haven't talked to you in about a year. Like I say, I've been a long time. Uh, I, I, learned, I still learn so much. You never know enough, do you? And, you know, and keep searching for these things. Yeah, I keep learning. People. I keep learning every day. Every day, yes. all of us. Amen to that. All I have to say, uh, uh, the of, I called you about January, and then now it's at the end of the year. I want to say that um, I'm wishing you and your families, you know, the, uh, a healthful year. And um, God, God bless you for what you do, both of you. And let's go on forward. Manatha, hey? Amen. Until the God Lord comes, you, man. And I'm telling you, I believe that we need to be about our daddy's business like never before. Because Jesus said, when you begin to see these things happen, Matthew chapter 24, look up, your redemption draws nigh. Can you begin to see them happen? 
the things that Jesus spoke of, signs of the end. Hey, listen, we'll be, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord's going to come. Virtual Stay Online, send you out some books, DVDs, and the movie Jesus. I think you'll really enjoy that. Let's go to Bill Washington. Hi, welcome. Hello, pastors. Uh, my question is, I got a son that's 33, and he's got two daughters, my granddaughters. What is a, a, a silent approach to telling that his lifestyle is leading to, uh, leading to hell, pretty much? Uh, we're good friends, so you know, that's about my only friend I got. I mean, well, it's not really, but uh, we we see kind of eye to eye on most things. But uh, the music and the TV and the the kids having phones. Well, especially the older one, that's all she does is on the phone. She don't go to school. Uh, I'm giving money to but get a birth certificate so we can try to homeschool her, but. I just see it. It's they're in the dark. They're on the dark side of life right now. And I know what you just said about uh, Matthew chapter twenty-four. Yep. Uh, I see the signs. I mean, I uh, I've been born again for quite a while, and I I can I can sense uh, not just our government, what's going on in uh, China and in Ukraine and all this uh, thing. It's the world's so much different than you. You know, you're a little bit older than I am, but. Uh, you know, you see the signs too, and uh, I don't want to have the bittersweet taste of going in the rapture and then uh, knowing there's people that I love and care about that are going to get left behind. Uh, so, if you could give me some advice, some biblical advice on how I can approach him without offending him, on telling him what I, how I, it's it's you're going to be through the Holy Spirit. I got to talk, and I've been asking, I prayed for it, I've been praying, I did a fast to to get some spiritual help. Uh, and uh, you've been on my mind for a long time. I've been going to call you for a long time, but it was just going to be asking about the kids. How do I introduce them to the Bible? Well, Bill, first of all, um, your your son knows he's not living right because uh, it, you just know. When, when you're in the world, you know you're not living right. So he knows that. Number two, um, the Bible says the God of this world has blinded their eyes, that they do not see the great opportunity that Jesus Christ offers them to have their sins forgiven and have a great eternity. So we'll we'll pray for, for them before we hang up, because I think it's so important. But when you say, how do I do that? I, I believe this is where that wonderful Holy Spirit comes in and shows us what to do, what to say, and being sensitive and being a good listener to what people are saying in order to respond to what they are saying. And I, I believe, again, that's why it's so important that we we listen. Um, somebody said one time, if you're a good listener, a person will tell you everything that's wrong with them. Well, I believe that. Because again, the thing is, there's a there's a, a desire to communicate to us. And being they're not talking to God, they want to talk to somebody because they got issues, troubles, problems, crises in their life that they don't want to let anybody know about. And so if they sense that you love them, that you care about them, I believe they'll open up, and certainly by asking the Holy Spirit to guide that conversation, by asking the Holy Spirit and 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 the Lord to bind Satan from their minds so they can hear the message of the gospel, I think makes all the difference. Daryl, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I always think about uh, diff- when we have difficult people when to get them to Christ. I always reflect back on on Saul of Tarsus, who of course became Paul the apostle. And how the Lord miraculously brought him to salvation on that Damascus road. 
You think about a Peter or the other guys, you know, just simple fishermen. The Lord brings them to salvation and so forth. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and so many people were saved. And my my encouragement to you, Bill, is uh, as our hearts go out to you, it's, it's a difficult situation you have right now. Keep loving him. Keep sharing with him. He will be offended if you tell him the truth, which is we have to tell the truth. Speak and the Bible the says love, the gospel is an offense. So yeah, speak can't the truth get around it. Yeah. And so, but just keep loving him and keep reaching him and keep praying for him and let God do the work. Mike, you want to pray for this family? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to prayer. And, and uh, Father, we just lift up Bill's family to you, this uh, son. Just ask you that you would bind Satan from his mind. And Lord, that as we see the whole picture winding down, Lord, we know that you're coming soon. And we just want to just reach out and ask you to, to touch this man. Uh, we ask you for his salvation, his kid's salvation. And Lord, give Bill the right words to say, the right thoughts. And Father, make him a good listener in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, Amen. Uh, you know, I, I, I really believe that, Bill, again, God put that on your heart for your son I, I, and for, you know, his family. Uh, and uh, I'll send you some things that maybe you can begin to filter into him. Just, you know, you might give him God of Wonders and say, hey, I got this. You know, why don't you watch it and tell me what's wrong with it? And uh, not, here, watch this and see how stupid you are. Uh, not that, but but that you give somebody something and say, why don't you look at this and tell me what you think? I'd, like, I'd really like your opinion. And they're going to watch it more objectively then, than, than um, as a rebuttal in their face. And I, and I think, Bill, that's going to make a lot of difference. But I'll send you uh, The God of Wonders, Evolution versus God, the movie Jesus, um, Time to Grow, and 101 Last Days Prophecies. Prayerfully, one of those will crack through, okay? I got one more thing to say. Uh, last weekend, I was down at their house, and my yeah. youngest granddaughter, who's eight, I give them a Bible a month. She yeah. just, I was watching that stupid show, Scarier Things or something, that got me sucked into it. Mm-hmm. She comes out and uh, breaks out the Bible that I give her, and she started reading Genesis. And she can't read very good. She goes to public schools here in Goldendale. Yeah. And I, I, so I got it on my phone. I got where it shows uh, divorces and stuff, and then somebody on the on the phone actually uh, talks it out. And so we read the first three chapters of Genesis that day, and uh, it was, I've never been around anybody that young that's ever just bought out a Bible for reading on their own. I mean, it, she wants more. I mean, but she's she ain't got the environment around her that you know the dad's off and is yep. on his yep. dark venture, and the older daughter is just way out. She shares me about this suicide rate I just heard on Jeff. Well, Bill, listen, we're coming up on a break. We don't want you to go away. We'll finish this up. We'll have more right after this. We'll be right back. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. And it's true, the typical family switching to MediShare saves 500 bucks or more a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people, but what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills, and it really is a great community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, They'll waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off all of 2023. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month of next year, but it's a very limited time offer. You have to sign up before December 31st. 
Great savings, great health care. Find out more. Call now, 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. The meaning of Christmas is all about the miracle of life when Christ came to earth as a baby to bring life to all. Preborn pregnancy clinics share the miracle of life every day as they meet women in crisis pressured to end their unborn baby's life. And every day, Preborn rescues 150 babies' lives by introducing babies to their mothers via ultrasound. But that's only the beginning. Preborn shares Christ with them and offers assistance for up to two years after birth, all for free. And this miracle of life often saves the baby and the mother. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life will be without her. To learn how you can help rescue a baby's life, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. All gifts are tax deductible. Your love can save a life. Back to part two of To Every Man and Answer here on this Thursday afternoon with Daryl Skinner. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. Went to the break. We were speaking with Bill. And of course, um, as it is for all of us that have friends that aren't born again, it is a weight on our on our hearts because we realize that time's running out. And um, when you, you see people that you love so much, and it seems that oftentimes even their hearts are getting harder, uh, hardened by the things of this world, um, you realize how much we need to be people of prayer in these days that we live. Now, Bill, when we went to the break, you were just finishing up concerning uh, your, um, your... The United gr- States went way up. And my, my uh, older granddaughter just seems in that. She just seems in... Uh, she's all by herself. she got no friends. A big concern for me because uh, Glenn Beck, had the stats this morning on the radio and uh, it's ever since this pandemic the suicide rates have skyrocketed in the United States so I'm not I don't know you know I don't know what's in her head uh, she doesn't talk she's quiet plays on the phone all the time I'm there I'm going to see her tomorrow afternoon uh, thanks for the advice but the suicide thing I don't know you know that's just something that, that came into my mind because you know just because uh you know, she ain't showing no outward signs, but um, for uh, you guys, are, you guys are great. I, I got so many things in my mind, Mike. I'd like to have a personal line directly connected to you whenever I have questions and I need answers. And you, you, you always got the greatest answers. Um, well, all your pastors do. God is good. Now, now again, Amen. when you when you understand that, you know, you can represent the Lord to your granddaughter there in the home. And I I believe that once again, this is why, um, you know, you may even ask her, hey, you want to go to church with me and bring her to church? You may suggest to her, hey, now I don't know if if, uh, where she lives, there's a CSN radio station or an effect radio station in her community, uh, but certainly she can listen to it on the internet. She's no stranger to uh, using the phone, as you say, so it may very much be what she may need. 
And to direct her to the Bible would be a very good thing. And again, probably in her particular case, I'd probably recommend the book of Luke to just begin to read. Uh, Because again, uh, when she wants to read and you gave her a Bible and she starts reading in Genesis, well, that's good. But uh, she... What she needs is she needs Jesus. Then the rest of the Bible makes sense. So I, I would, that's one of the things I think the way I would approach her uh, in that way. Daryl, any last thoughts? Well, if you're able to, I don't know if you're FaceTiming with her at all. That's always a neat way to uh, communicate. Uh, you, you see each other and and you can uh, read the Bible together, you know, and read chapter one of Luke as Mike just shared and just talk about it. What do you think about that? You know, or then you get to chapter two and what do you think about that? And so it's just let them talk and you talk and, and learn and grow together. And I think for, for her, just giving her that love, that attention, that encouragement and hope, you know, cause so many times kids are just hopeless today and you become, uh, you, you come up, you become one that is full of, uh, full of, uh, energy for her life and love. And the Holy Spirit will give you the words to share and to help her with. And hopefully, preferably, she's going to come to Christ soon if she hasn't already, because as she's beginning to dabble into the Bible, learn the Word of God, God is working with her. God is speaking to her. And He's going to do a mighty work in your family. We just trust in that. We trust in the Lord for all things. Mike, I'll give it back Amen. to you. Amen. Amen. Bill, stay line. We'll get you taken care of, get those out to you, and look at them all, watch them all, and then think about what would be the best way to minister to your family that way. These are just these are just helps, but uh, certainly um, if your if your granddaughter is a little hungry, invite her to church with you, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that'd be a great thing. Bill, I hope that helps. Well, I love you all. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Love you too. And I think you'll enjoy these things. We'll get those out to you. Stay online. We'll get your address. Let's go to Charlotte, Arizona. Hi, welcome. Hello. Yes. Uh, knowing that the Antichrist will one day desecrate the temple, I was wondering, do you have any idea how long it will take to rebuild it? Well, we don't really know exactly. We knew know that they're getting everything ready to go. Now, there is some speculation that the Antichrist is actually, when the treaty is signed with Israel, and may very well be possible that it is for the Temple Mount, where they will be able, with its treaty, to begin to build their their tribulation temple, we might want to call it that, the third temple, that it will take them approximately maybe three and a half, maybe a little bit less than three years, three to three and a half years. It may very well be that the abomination which makes desolate, because for the Antichrist to just show up at the temple is kind of unusual. You got to remember that the world's going to hail the Antichrist as this great man of peace that brought the Jew, the Arab, the Christian, all together under the flag of Chrislam or, or coexist. And it may very well be the reason why he shows up at this three and a half year mark, as the Bible tells us, when the abomination which makes desolate takes place may very well be the dedication of the temple. But rather than the Antichrist dedicating it to the, 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 the God of Israel and the Bible, 
He may very well, and it sounds like he dedicates it to himself and declares there that he must be worshipped as God. He scraps the religious system that united the world for the first three and a half years together. He knows Israel is not going to buy it. He knows it. And this is why I believe Jesus said, when this happens, don't even go back into your house to get your coat. Because I believe the retaliation that the Antichrist will put on the Jewish people will be very swift, very fierce, and and uh, Jesus said, run for the hills. You, you don't even have time to go back and get your coat. Because this rejection is going to be humiliating for the Antichrist, and it also, to save face, must bring judgment on these people that how good I've been to you, giving you your your uh, uh, treaty so you could build this wonderful temple now to turn on me. No, I think this all is going to play in together. And I would, my guess would be probably right around three years, three and a quarter years, maybe right up to the time of the, uh, of the dedication, which um, may very well be the abomination which makes desolate. Your thoughts? Yeah, there's an interesting passage, of course, in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, which speaks of the Antichrist coming and the the establishment of the the temple and what's going to happen in the seven-year tribulation period. And in Daniel 9, chapter, uh, uh, verse, rather, verse, uh, let me make sure I've got this right, verse 22, it says, but in the middle of the week, it says here, then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, meaning a seven-year period, as Mike just talked about, the covenant, the Antichrist with the nation of Israel. But in the middle of the week... He shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abomination shall shall be one who makes desolate. And that would be the Antichrist committing the abomination of desolation at the three-and-a-half-year mark. So we realize by what's spoken there that the temple has been rebuilt in that first three-and-a-half-year period, and they had started to bring forth their sacrifices and their offerings, and then he comes down and he then invades the temple goes into the holiest of holies. He blasphemes Yahweh. He blasphemes his son, Jesus Christ. And and then the Jews are going to recognize that this man is not a Messiah type. He's not a, he's not a savior type. Uh, this has been a false covenant once again. And that's where the Lord said in Matthew 24 to run for your lives. And, and that's what's going to take place. So I, you know, with our modern technology and building the way we're able to build things these days, I think that temple will go up fairly quickly. They're ready. They have it designed. They they just need that go-ahead, and uh, it, it will take place. But I think it'll go up fairly fast. Yeah, My- and, I, and I think it very well could be possible that they could actually use it before the official dedication. There is something that uh, that brings the Antichrist into that building. There's something that brings him there. And I, the only thing I can think of, um, just offhand, would be, he, here's the one who uh, negotiated um, this great man of peace, uh, uniting the world, allowing them to build their their temple that hasn't been for two thousand years, and oh, all all of this, and uh, you know, guest of honor, he shows up, only to stand up and say, um, I have something to reveal to you today, and just just desecrates the temple. Um, Very possible. I don't know. We don't know how long. The Bible doesn't say. It is absolutely, as you say, Daryl, completely functional by the time the Antichrist makes his move. 
So it will be um, built before the three-and-a-half-year mark, but we know right now at the Temple Institute in Jerusalem, they're, they're getting everything ready. I mean, they, yes. they're prefabbing it. Now, you got to remember, Solomon's temple was prefabbed as well. It was prefabbed someplace else. So it would be, there, there would be no sound of hewning of stones on the Temple Mount, no sign of, of, of those kinds of things. And so it may very well be that this will, will, could rapidly be built. But something of this nature, of this size, um, and, and the view. See, we know the Bible says God does not dwell in buildings made with men's hands. So all you see these temples all over the world to these gods, God's not in them. Bible clearly says I, he does not dwell in buildings made with men's hands, but he dwells in us. A building designed by God, and he's chosen to live in us, not in buildings of plaster and wood, and these kinds of things. But for people who are motivated by religion of sight, rather than by faith, they have to have a building. They have to have an icon. They have to have a statue. They have to have something uh, to remind them of God being there. See, that's not faith. That, that, that's idolatry. But God will live in us, the Bible says. And that, to me, is the most beautiful, greatest temple in the world. But you see, they rejected Christ. They don't recognize him. And so, therefore, their faith is still sight-oriented. They still have a have a have a uh, a, a leaning towards idolatry, and so buildings these things in the Bible. Look how many times uh, they would reference the temple to Jesus or our father Abraham or Moses taught us. These things are all referencing not what I believe, what has God shown me, but it's somebody else. See again. Idolatry always removes the individual by at least one step from a personal relationship with God. Because you've got to go through the temple. You've got to go through your bishop. You've got to go through the pope. You've got to go through your priest. The Bible says there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's not a temple, a man, a priest, anybody else. Hope that helps, Charlotte. You know, Mike, if I can add one last thing to our conversation. Um, Right now, Jerusalem has been designated as an international religious city. This took place by the UN back in 1947. It's called Resolution Number uh, 181. And this is why the international community, the United Nations, and yes, even the Vatican, it it upset everybody that uh, Donald Trump said that Jerusalem is to be the capital of, uh, of Israel. And because it's it's supposed to be designated as an international religious city, which we see that is a, a prefabric a, a, a preceding what's going to take place in the seventieth week of Daniel or the seven year tribulation period, and that will be established at that time with that covenant through the Antichrist, that world leader, with the nation of Israel, and they'll see it as a as a tremendous peace treaty that all the nations of the all the faiths of the world would establish themselves there in Jerusalem to worship together. And that's why God calls Jerusalem in the book of tribulation, Sodom and, and Egypt, because Egypt represented a multitude of gods. And of course, Sodom with the immoralities and they've had gay pride to parades there in Jerusalem and so forth. And uh, as of late, that's causes great problems, of course, 
But uh, it's interesting to see how this gelled back in 1947, and it's leading its way to where we're at today and into the tribulation period for uh, for the Jewish people. Mike? Amen. So hope that helps. So it's possible the rapture may come before they even start building. Oh, I believe that. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I believe it too. I, yeah. I believe there's there's nothing that precludes the rapture right now. That's why, again, I tell everybody everywhere, work for the night's coming when no one can work. I mean, we need to realize that we're not always going to be here. I believe the Lord's going to take his church home. Just as he uh, Enoch walked with God and was taken back in the book of Genesis, I think as we walk with God, God's going to take us. And then what happens when this happens, Jesus said, you're the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth. Well, when that's gone, the world's going to go into darkness quickly. It's going to rot quickly. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. So in just seven years, less than seven year period of time, man will have the potential to completely destroy all life on planet. Wow, you stop to think about that for a minute, and you go, wow, we have a lot to do, short time to do it in, being about our daddy's business. And again, when uh, when the rapture comes, the world's going to get what they always wanted, a world without God, except yeah. except uh, it's not going to be the dawning of the age of Aquarius, friends. It's going to be hell on earth. And the Bible says, unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. So in other words, the tribulation should have probably gone on longer than it really did. Man certainly deserves it, but it would have killed all of humanity. That's how bad it is. So, Charlotte, stay alive. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy them. Show them with your friends. Give them to your friends. Get them back. Lend them out. Stay online. We'll get those to you, okay? Thank you so much. God bless you. Thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Henry, Las Vegas. I welcome. Hi, pastors. Hi, how may we help? Yes, we can. How may we help? Yes. God bless you guys. God bless you, brother, brother Kessler. God bless you, uh, brother. Uh, I think your name is Daryl. Yeah, Darryl, you got it. Very good. Yep. Okay. Please, I need prayers. I need prayers. I'm down on my luck. Um, I'm not. Broke. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not broken, but I'm broken spiritually. My wife and I got married about thirty years ago, and uh, and uh, we didn't believe in God, but we found the church. And uh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to take your time away from anyone else. I, 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 I didn't have. I didn't have this written down. But uh, we, we moved to New Orleans, and we found the Holy Ghost in New Orleans. We walked with casinos, you know. And uh, they moved us to uh, West Virginia. My God, there were new babes in Christ, you know. I started speaking in, in, in tongues in New Orleans, and I lost that when I got to West Virginia. The pastor told me that I could send money to my family in Africa because I wasn't giving him giving him any money. You know. 
So he was extorting you? No, he wasn't extorting me. He was. I had. He said I could send fifty dollars to my mother because I wasn't paying tithes in church. Oh, well, sounds like a I little was, bit of it. I was paying tithes, but I wasn't signing my name on the envelope. Oh. It was just. It, it was just giving them, giving them the money, you know. And he came home. I mean, he came and got me and took me to the gas station and told me that I, I have to stop pay. I have to stop giving my my sister tithe. I mean, my, my sister money. But I have to pay the tithe to 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 the church. It was so bad that on the on the way from the gas station, we got stopped by the police because we were sitting down there. He was talk, telling me this. Oh. You know, I'm a black man. Well, it, you know, you know. let me just tell you something real quick. It doesn't matter, Henry, whether we're black or white or, or Hispanic. It doesn't make any difference. Extortion, you know, when someone's trying to make you give them money, uh, it's wrong. The Bible says freely you've received, freely give. And, um, you know, somebody that would do this to you is so terrible. Get all your thoughts. You know, Henry, I think it's uh, you're in a place right now where the Lord is going to comfort you and strengthen you and help you through this difficult time. Yes. As we read the New Testament, we see so many of our brothers and sisters go through tremendous struggles and persecutions, and they had everything taken from them. And and yet the Lord is faithful. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. The Bible also says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I know the Lord wants to strengthen you. The Lord wants to help you. The yes. Lord wants to bless you. So, uh, brother, how about if we pray for you right now yes. and just uh, ask God's blessings upon you? Mike, do you mind if I pray? You pray. All right. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for your great and wonderful love. We ask for your guidance of wisdom and knowledge and understanding for our dear brother, Henry. He's uh, kind of down, way down in the valley right now, Lord. We want to just have you pick him up, put him on your shoulders as a wee little lamb, and carry him, Lord, to a place of uh, of peace, of love, of joy, of comfort, of strength, and that he knows and understands that you love him tremendously, and that you're going to take care of him, and you're going to encourage him, and you're going to bless him. And Lord, uh, give him that discernment he needs from uh, in regards to people who are trying to uh, do wrong to him and, and rip him off, Lord. And just guide him uh, in his in his marriage and all that's going on, and and just get him that place of fellowship that's going to be strong and healthy, and he just grow in your ways and and be loved, and uh, surrounded by believers, Lord, that are going to be there for him, and just do a great and mighty work in and through his life. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Harry and, Brother, and uh, I don't know if you're ahead, Mike. still associated with uh, that guy that was trying to get money out of you, but I wouldn't go to that church. I wouldn't get anywhere around those people. Something really wrong there. Yeah. Uh, that is not the spirit of God. That's not the spirit of love. Uh, that's a spirit of extortion. And, and I would just, I would just encourage you, uh, Henry, to uh, stay in line. I want to send you some books, some DVDs, and maybe I can send you a couple of churches you might want to try that might be a real blessing to you because you need to be restored, brother. You need to be healed. You need to be you need to be um, reminded of how valuable you are to God and his kingdom and that he's never taken his eye off of you. 
And so I'm so glad you called here today. And I just want you to be encouraged that God will do great and wonderful things and restore you and heal you. He does that. That's what he specializes in. Doesn't matter what we've done in the past. It doesn't matter what people have done to us. God's bigger than all those things. So I just want to encourage you, Henry. Let the Lord heal you, restore you. Stay in line. I want to get those things out to you, and I'll Mike, try to send you a couple places that you might be able to find some real help you need there. Yes. Mike, if I could just encourage Henry. Henry, read the book of Philippians. Yes, Philippians absolutely. Four, four chapters is a book of tremendous strength and encouragement. And I know as you read through it and just say, Lord, speak to me, that he's going to encourage you, and, and you're, you're going to be strengthened in your spirit. Uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the Lord Jesus. And uh, you're going to make it through this, my friend. You're going to make it through this, Mike. Amen. You will. And Henry, we're here for you. Just call us, okay? I have one more question. Okay. Okay. Please. Um, my question is, I used to speak in tongues, and I lost it after that. <laughs> Does that mean I'm a sinner? Nope. Nope. No. God's word says his gifts are without, um, he doesn't take them back. And in Jesus' name, may the Holy Spirit just return your prayer language to you. Go pray right now and just speak to the Lord. And if you run out of words in English, then just go into your prayer language. But let God bless you and don't let anything from your past destroy you. That's the devil's, that's the devil's, key tool is to throw your past back in your face, all of our faces. And I I, I shared this yesterday. Whenever the devil does that, whenever he tries to bring your past up, you're reminded of his future. Uh, The Bible says he's headed for a lake of fire that burns forever. All you want to do is be about your relationship with daddy. So just go and just pour your heart out to your father in heaven that loves you. Paul says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, we cry, Daddy. You just go and just say, Daddy, I love you. I'm sorry I went off the track, but I just want you to know I love you. And whatever time we got left together, let's do something great. And you'll be amazed with what God will do for you. And I'll tell you, I've never seen it fail. We've never gone so far that God will not scrape us back up. All, all he, The Bible says a smoking flax he will not quench, a bruised reed he will not break. In other words, a reed on a plant, when it gets broke over and it won't stand up on its own, well, he'll split it so it'll grow straight again. A smoking flask, he's not going to snuff it out. He'll blow on it to get it to burst back into fire again. Let God do that for you, and he will. Henry, God's got so much for you, so you stay on the line and let God bless you, and uh, he will. Uh, and um, hearts are with you. Stay lane, and we'll get those out to you. Carol, Kim, Dana, the rest, please call us. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow. No waiting, promise. And uh, we look forward to that. Daryl, thanks so much for being on today. Thank you. God bless you all. And uh, Henry, our prayers are with you. And may the Lord just do something brand new in your life and all of our lives. In Jesus' name. And we all say... Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good night. About this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. 
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 